long awaited return for N10, but we're back. Three week hiatus once again during another season. Um, records, records, records for the National Hockey League in the last couple of weeks. That's the only piece of news really we have. Just a bunch of records, some injuries, some standing climbing teams, some standing falling teams. Uh, so the last episode we did was the trade deadline episode where we recap basically almost every trade and what teams did and what grades we gave them. Down the stretch, some of those teams have fallen off. Down the stretch, some of them have really gone off. Um, and one team in particular who has set a lot of records lately is the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's my team. Um, Austin Matthews has been in the news uh, for a while with all the goal totals. And he finally passed Rick Five, the franchise leader in goals in a season with 54. He passed that. Um, so congratulations to Austin Matthews. He's now day-to-day, just precaution reasons for an injury, so I'm not worried about that. And um, another thing is he's also the third all-time 100-point scorer in Maple Leafs history, tied with, I believe it's Daryl Sittler and Dougie Gilmore. So pretty embarrassing that there's only two other guys that hit 100 points, but I'm not complaining uh, when it's Austin Matthews in the conversation. But, Joe, it's been a while. How you doing, man? Doing well. Uh, lots of, like like you said, lots of things to catch up here on for, like, records. Like, like you, you talked about the trade deadlines pass. There's not so much news that comes out that's, like, rumors and all that stuff. So we're just going to be recapping a bunch of records, uh, a bunch of, like you said, playoff teams where they're at right now with, like, two weeks left to go in the season, less than two weeks. So, yeah, it's been good. We're at the push to the playoffs right now. Yeah, embarrassingly. And this is the time of the year where teams start to say someone's injured, but they're actually not. And it's just a resting phase for some players, which I think more teams should do down the stretch. We didn't really see that the last couple of years because obviously the COVID shut down in 1920. And then last year, everyone was playing each other and you can't really sit the guys and then be playing the taxi squad. I think you had to actually move them and actually be injured for last year. So this is the first year a bunch of teams could basically rest guys. Um, so that would be pretty new to see down the two-week stretch of the NHL uh, regular season. But like I mentioned, Austin Matthews setting records. Leafs also set a record with franchise wins with 50 in a year and 106 points in a year. That's pretty impressive. Um, you know, when you talk about the Maple Leafs, it's not very uh, positive things recently in memory, but a uh, tremendous year for the Buds. I mean, it's pretty incredible that they have like a franchise record year and they're only in second place in the uh, the Atlantic Division. Like, it's crazy because so many teams have been good in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it is, like, a really nice accomplishment hitting 50 wins. Um, but like you said, like, they're still only second in the division, and, like, they're, they're, they're not catching first in Florida, who we'll talk about shortly. But, like, yeah, like, even though, like you said, like, not everything's always positive about the Leafs because, like, all the playoff failures – like, there's still, like, these milestones that they've been getting, like, Matthew's been getting, like, even Marner's, like, right up on the cusp of getting, like, 100 points as well. And, like, you know, all guys are having career years, like, Kerfoot, Nylander, Bunting, obviously. And then, like, like, you have to kind of acknowledge, even though, like, everything's all about the playoffs and, like, it should be with this team specifically, but, like, you still have to acknowledge and be like, you know what, this was a great year, regular season, like, it wasn't like last year where it was like the Canadian division and all that. Like this year, like they beat a lot of good teams during the regular season, uh, a lot of the top teams. So it's been a great year for them. Let's see. Hopefully it translates 
into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we'll, that still remains to be seen. You got two weeks left to figure out if, if that will translate or not. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Um, another big piece of news. I didn't think this guy was going to play all year, but Carey Price comes back to the Montreal Canadiens lineup. You were fired up for that one. I was. I, I thought he would come back. Um, it was looking really bleak. Uh, I would say probably like January when he had like a, a setback with his rehab on his knee. Because he came back in December, he was done rehab in December, had that like his first press conference, basically. Then like in January, had that setback with his injury. But then once March hit, there was a lot more sightings of him at, at practice. And then they, they started ramping him up, ramping him up. And he finally made his debut last Friday versus the Islanders. Unfortunately, they lost that game, got shut out. But it's because Sorokin stood on his head. Um, and it's so great to see Price back out there. Um, they actually had an uh, interview or media availability like yesterday or today, and you're still basically getting over the fact that they lost in the final still. So that played a role like in just his overall mental being throughout the rest of this year. But it, it's great that like, you know, like guys like Crosby like reached out to him saying like he's happy he's back in the net and playing again. So just, I guess, over the next couple of games that they have left, Maybe you can start half of them. Just seeing them out there is just uh, as, as a fan of the team who's been there for, you know, 17 years, he's been mm. with the franchise. It's just like, no matter how, if he's playing bad or not, like with just him out there in the net was like, I watched the whole game because I had to. Um, it was, it was nice to see him back out there. Yeah, you're literally watching a Habs legend in the crease. And <laughs> there's no oversliding that at all. Like, he's a legend in that uh, or at that organization in that crease. But, yeah, it sucks they couldn't get the win in his first game back. But I'm sure down the stretch, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm sure they'll get a win for Gary down the stretch. I hope so. <laughs> um, I think we'll stick on the player record side of things first, and then we'll go to the team side of things. Um, you mentioned Crosby. Uh, we mentioned off the price, um, like getting back in the net and getting back to the team. There was some news about Crosby and Ovi again. Like both of these guys are tied together no matter what we talk about, the one or the other. Uh, they both hit 1,400 career points in their NHL careers. That's insane. Um, these two, like I said, been tied together for their whole careers. And it's more insane that Crosby's done it in like almost 200 less games or something like that, which is unbelievably stupid. Uh, Ovechkin's the goal scorer. There's no uh, denying that. He's probably the greatest goal scorer the NHL has seen. But it's crazy how these guys do stuff and it's always connected. I know it, it really is unbelievable. Um, like you said, like obviously Crosby's points per game is way better uh, than Ovi's because of all the assists he gets and like just the overall play has been like unreal for both of these guys. Like you think about it, like they're both in their 17th season. I think Ovi's two years older, like actual years. And they're both over a point a game. Like Ovi's going to hit 90 points this year. And then Crosby, I don't think he'll hit 90 because he missed a few games, but he's at over 80 right now. And he's going to hit 30 goals. And Ovi might hit, Ovi should hit 50 goals. So these guys are just not slowing down at all. Like as you, as we saw like last off season, like, Ovi signed that five-year deal <laughs> just obviously to pass Gretzky for the goals, which should happen uh, based on the fact that he's basically going to have a 50-goal year mm-hmm. in, in year one. 
And then Crosby too, like he's got three or four years left. These guys are not slowing down, period. Like it's just amazing to watch. And it's going to be awful for guys of our age specifically that have watched them our whole lives basically in the NHL. Uh, It's not going to be fun when they eventually retire. No, no, it's not. Um, Setting records is an amazing accomplishment, but when it's NHL legends setting NHL records, it's even more special. And that's going to be a sad day for every fan of these guys. Um, Like I mentioned with Ovechkin, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, there's breaking news a couple of days ago. The I would even argue maybe second greatest goal scorer of all time. Uh, Mike Bossy suddenly passed away at the age of 65. New York Islanders legend. Um, only played, I think it was nine or 10 years. Very short career. Uh, had to do with injuries as well and health. Uh, but he passed away suddenly. I don't know what it was from. Uh, I just saw the news. Just saw how he, you know, he died. Uh, this guy was maybe the... Like when I just look at his hockey TV, it's maybe the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like this guy was ridiculous. Yeah, he was like, he had nine seasons of 50 plus goals. And then his last, the year he didn't was his last year in the league. And he was like 30 years old and he had to retire because he had like bad back issues. And it like, like you said, he was, his goals per game is the best in NHL history. <laughs> it's crazy. It, like he had over 500 goals in like 700 games. Like he scored 60 plus like four or five times. He scored 68 one year. Like he was like the best pure goal scorer. Just sucks. Like he would have definitely broken Gretzky's record, even though he started like before. Like he might've had like a thousand goals. Like if he was healthy for all the years he even played plus anything after age 30 mm-hmm. he scored like 450 goals after that he, i think he would have might have hit a thousand so it really sucks from like the islanders they also lost like mike gillies earlier this year so now they have like two patches on their jersey so two islanders legends uh passing away in a short period of time uh it just sucks like another icon of the game someone that's not talked about nearly as enough <laughs> as like a pure just a legend not even goal scorer just a legend like he won four cups, you know, he won like, pretty sure he won the Lady Bing three times. I won the Conn Smythe once. So like, it's just, it's a sad day if you're an Islanders fan or just a hockey fan in general. Yeah, that's terrible news. Uh, very young, to be honest, 65 years old is pretty young. Um, but yeah, Mike Bossy, one of the best to ever lace him up and score goals in the back of the net for Hockey, this guy was incredible. Like I'm, his QMJHL stuff is ridiculous. Like, he played five years of the Q. Every year was, like, over 120 points, which is insane to see. But, yeah, NHL legend for sure. One of the best goal scorers of all time. Um, yeah, sad sad to see him go. But we'll move on to another thing that is very, 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 very surprising to see. Chris Kreider hit 50 goals in a season with the Rangers. Uh that, that that's insane i did not think i think his career high was 28 or something like that like before this it was very low um you know everyone said he was a 30 goal scorer he's never scored 30 goals before but he could probably get there um in his prime of his career and he's definitely in his prime of his career he scored 50 goals for god's sake uh he also scored the most power play goals in rangers history with the franchise almost 100 years old like that's incredible as well too yeah, like, this guy came out of absolutely nowhere this year. Like, he had 30 points last year. Obviously, a short year. But, like, like you just said, 28 goals was his career high before. And he, and he 
basically doubled that this year. Like he's still not done. He could get more than 50. Might even be at 51 right now. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, just like a, a huge, huge out of nowhere career year from Kreider, who it's not like he's like young either. Like you said, like he's in his prime, but he is 30, turning 31. So it's kind of like one of those potentially anomaly years. Like a lot of his goals are just tappings in front of the net, to be fully honest. But hey, good for him. He's in position and he's and he's a big guy. So it's hard mm-hmm. to move him in front of the net. He's got a, he's got a good shot too. So it's just 50 came out of absolutely nowhere. Like maybe 40 right now at this point, I'd be like, okay, but 50, <laughs> like, is just, wow. Yeah. Like he's in the conversation for the Rocket Richard trophy. Yeah. Like I know Matthews is 58. I know Drysdale is 55 or 54, but like he's still in like third in scoring, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. But if you're a betting man, Joe. I Would you predict that Chris Kreider scores 50 goals again in the NHL? No. Yeah. I mean, I'd hammer the under there too, right? Like, first like time. I'd only, yeah, I'd only do maybe 40 again, potentially, like, next year or something. But I don't think 50 ever again. Yeah, that's – like, there's some players that have some years that just don't stop scoring. And it's one of those years for Chris Kreider. That's pretty insane. Um, yeah, like, a great year to kind of put yourself with the front runner for the captaincy there. I know, yeah, they're still without a captain. The Rangers have been since I believe McDonough. Yeah. Was traded like four or five years ago. Like I don't I'm surprised they still don't have one, to be honest. Um, there's some pretty good candidates on the roster right now. They have obviously like a lot of rotating A's on the team for assistant captain. So yeah, I, I could see Kreider getting the C because he did sign that long-term deal like I think it was last summer or yeah, like two, recently, I yeah, think two years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, recently. So he's still locked in, I think, for four or five more years. So if you can name him the captain, he's been the longest serving Ranger, I think, right now. Like I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think it I think he's like the most obvious choice for the next captain. <laughs> Clearly. Um Ryan Getzlaff, surprising to me, actually, it's a bit surprising to me. Uh, he's confirmed his retirement at the end of the season. Uh yeah, this guy was very good <laughs> under – yeah, he was very good. Like, it doesn't matter how he slowed down. Um, you know, we talked about guys like Crosby, Obi, they're not slowing down. But that's, that's a different breed of NHL player we're talking about. Ryan Getzlaff yeah. is one of those guys where um, he can play physical, he can put up points, he can be very good on the power play, very good on the penalty kill, and piss you off and <laughs> run you to the ground, fight you, do anything. Um I, I don't want to say it caught up to him, but it probably did with all those hard miles he played in the uh, late 2000s and that cup run, especially and all the playoff runs he's been on. He was the most important part of that team, him and Corey Perry. Uh, but it's sad to see him go. Like I, If I was a betting man, I would say Perry would have retired first, but gets off. Yeah, he's done. He's calling it quits. Yeah, like you said, you just said right at the end there, like, remember when Perry got bought out from the Ducks? We're like, oh, this guy's done. He's 35. Then Perry went to -to back-to-back finals with Dallas and Montreal. And then he's now in Tampa, and he scored almost 20 goals. So it's like he had a career revival almost. Like, even his season in Dallas, I remember, like, the regular season, he was, like, awful. But the playoffs, he was great. With Montreal, overall, he had a pretty good year. And then now with Tampa, it's like he's back. He's got his goal-scoring touch. Obviously, Tampa's like a loaded team offensively. But like, yeah, like you said, Getzloff is kind of surprising. He announced his retirement. He did only sign that one-year deal. 
um, with Anaheim last offseason, but it was surprising that they didn't end up trading him at the deadline. And then, like, after the trade deadline passed is when he announced it would be his last year. So I think it's just a guy that just wanted to be a career duck and just get all the franchise milestones, so games played, uh, points. I think he has assists as well. Obviously not goals. Never going to catch goals with Solani there. But he was, like like you said, one of the – I think he was a kind of underrated. Like, he didn't win, like, a ton of awards or anything, but he was on, like, Team Canada gold medal winning teams twice. You know, I think he was on the World Cup of Hockey team when they won gold. Yep. Did he win? I think he won World Junior Gold as well. I think, believe so, yep. Yep. So he's part of the Triple Gold Club. Uh, mm-hmm. A huge centerman, like you say, could play nasty, but had really slick hands for a big guy and passed the puck more than he shot for a guy like for a guy like him, you'd think he'd be like a big sniper. But he was like, you know, more of a passer with yep. his six foot four frame, kind of like Joe Thorne a little bit. Um, but yeah, like what a great career for Ryan Getzloff. Do you think he is a Hall of Famer? Not, but not like a slam dunk. But do you think he's just he'll get there eventually? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he was a big part in all the teams he's played for. Like you mentioned, Joe, with Team Canada, like he's won gold, World Juniors, Olympic, World Cup, and the World Championship. Like he's won four times gold for Canada. This guy doesn't lose, uh, except. When they went to the conference finals, lost to Chicago in that big ass run, that that team was really scary, and he was the biggest part of that team. Uh, winning the cup, obviously, that helps too. I think, yeah, like I know he doesn't have the awards, and I think a guy like Ryan Getzloff doesn't need the awards. Like I think people realize, like he was such an important player to that organization. Uh, he didn't have to go out there and get ninety points a year, or be the Hart finalist or the Selkie finalist. He was always in the conversation with the Selkie, but obviously didn't win one, uh, but when you're you're in the conversation for those type of awards, even if you don't win them, that means you're still pretty good, right? So I think at the end of the day, yeah, Ryan Getzloff will find himself in there. Uh, Maybe even Perry to an extent. He's won the heart. He's won the Rocket Richard. He's won as many of the medals as Ryan Getzloff has. I think people tend to forget, like, the Hockey Hall of Fame is not just for the NHL. It's for international hockey as well. So, I mean, that's a plus side for both those two guys I just mentioned. So, yeah, eventually I think that's will find his way in there. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like you said, like I think the the hockey hall of fame, like you said, it incorporates international. That's really gonna help him because of all the accomplishments with Canada. Obviously, he has the cup, but that was like a long time that's ago early. now. Yeah, like that was he when was he like had hair. second, <laughs> yeah, second year or third year, I think. So yeah, like I think he'll get in eventually. Definitely not first ballot for me, because just n- not many individual accolades but right. like i in a few years like depending on like the class like I'll, i think he'll eventually get there yep i totally agree um you want to go to your your guys in minnesota sure yeah so in the minnesota wild so they just officially clinched the playoffs uh them and the blues just clinched like recently that looks like to be the first round matchup which is going to be amazing based on that game that they just played this past weekend uh so kaprasov we kind of had this discussion in our group chats recently, like of him being potentially already the best player in Minnesota wild history. It's pretty debatable. He's only been there two years, but he just accomplished uh, the most goals and points in a single season in, in Minnesota wild franchise history. I believe before was Gabrick. So it's been a long time because Gabrick was there, was their first overall pick or whatever first pick of the wild 
Um, so that record is now belongs to Kaprizov. Mm -hmm. And then Zuccarello also, who had a, who's having a very good underrated season, just got the most assists in a single season in Wilds franchise history as well. Uh, that line has been great all year. I mean, Minnesota Wilds have been great all year for the most part. They had a little bit of a dip, but ever since they got flurry, I think they've been pretty good for the most part. So, yeah, like those that line there with Hartman, and then they have Fiala there. They have Boldy, who's been great as a yeah. rookie. Um, probably missing a few guys. Obviously, their defense, like Spurgeon, Dumba's been all right. You know, Brodeen, Goligoski's had a decent year. Talbot's been good. They got Flurry now. So they have a pretty solid squad. Um, so just capping off this great season for their franchise with a couple single-season uh, records here. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the Minnesota Wild go on a run here. Like, I don't want to see this this good season end for Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Ryan Hartman. For Like, dude, guy has 30 goals. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day where first-round pick traded at the deadline for Ryan Hartman in Nashville gets 30 goals. I never thought I would see the day. But the Minnesota Wild have unlocked three guys as potential all in one year, which is pretty crazy. But – yeah, I think in the conversation for best player in franchise history, yeah, for sure. Like, I think I, I, it's, I maybe it's just me, but I like I'm one of those guys where Mary Gabrick played for the Wild. Damn, like I, I think about that because I saw him on the LA Kings win. I saw him with the Rangers be an integral part. Like I saw him uh, with two other teams who he was better with. Uh, you saw I scored a lot more goals. It was a lot more flashy with Minnesota, but I think a pre-saw might might take that one, but. Matt Zuccarello is having one of the most greatest underrated years I've ever seen. Like the guy has not talked about whatsoever. Uh, 74 points in 67 games. One of the, I would call it one of the best passers and since he's been in the league for sure. Like he's small, he has a long stick, but he'll get you the puck. Uh, you just got to get open for him. And he's been doing that this year with his line mates. But like with the Minnesota Wild, I don't want to see it just all be for nothing again because they get a hard matchup. Vegas last year, they went to seven, pushed them to seven. Uh, mm -hmm. And then this year versus the St. Louis Blues, if they can, you know, solve Jordan Bennington and Billy Huso, I think they have a very good chance of beating and winning that series. But don't want to see the wild waste this year on these guys, right? Yeah, I know. I agree. So, like, it's going to be tough for St. Louis. Like, they've been rolling, too. We haven't mm -hmm. talked about them, but they've been on fire recently. Like, their offense is scary when they're clicking. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to one of those lives shortly. But, uh, yeah, like, that matchup, like, I kind of want the Wild to win, too. But, like, St. Louis, like, if they're firing all cylinders once the playoffs start, like, yeah. I don't see Minnesota beating that Blues team right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, two other player things. Right, two other players? Yeah. Two other player things uh, before we get to the, all the team records we're not even talking about. Uh, Owen Power and Matt Beneers made their NHL debuts. I believe it, Matt Beneers was on the Monday and Owen Power was on the Tuesday versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. I could be wrong, but two Michigan guys make their debuts in the NHL. Um, pretty solid performance for Matty Beneers the last two games. He's had a power play goal and an assist versus the Calgary Flames. And then Owen Power, I believe he got his first point against the Flyers on Friday night as well. So Michigan represented the NHL right now. Yeah, they were the number one college team, and they unfortunately choked in the Frozen <laughs> Four. They didn't even make the final. Um, so, But that team was absolutely loaded, like you said. It was kind of weird when I was typing in the notes. I'm like, 
these guys went back to back picks. Mm-hmm. And like usually in the NHL, like, oh, the number one overall pick always plays the first year. But the first two guys did not play in the NHL, obviously, because they were both committed to Michigan. But like, damn, like I was like thinking, like, oh, wow, like, yeah, like number one and two, same yeah. college, yeah. did not really play like as their rookie year. So they'll be technically rookies next year, which yeah. I think is going to be a, a great rookie class yeah. to say the least. Yeah, and I also like what the Seattle Kraken are doing with Mappineers. They're throwing him into the fire, which yeah. you see a lot of teams shelter these, you know, top picks. We'll put them on the third line. No, just right to the Wolves. And he's performing. Like, that's what I think a lot of more teams should do. Like, play them with your top guys. I know Seattle doesn't have top guys, but you got to put them on the first line minutes. You got to put them on the first power play unit. And he's they're doing that. So I give credit to Hawksell for that. Yeah, I think the thing also is like they want, like they have obviously they have nothing to lose right now. So, <laughs> sure. like, it makes sense to throw them there now. But, like, I think, like, with college, a lot of college players now, like American or Canadian, like guys who go to college, like they're a little bit more built up in terms of like their development and like their just their physical traits. So, like, Veneers, like, he scored, like, he had that highlight that he kind of looked like Zegris a little bit. And I know Zegris didn't go college but like he spent a few years in the u.s development program i think a year in the ahl so like i think like when these guys like if they go to college like they're more built for the nhl if Mm. that makes sense yeah but so like seeing them like a guy like veneer succeed like obviously he was picked like last year so he's had another year of development um and he looks great like you said so i think like you said a lot of teams should throw their guys into the fire. Someone tell the Rangers that with that for a year. <laughs> Literally, been man. Picking it up recently. But, yeah, like, all these guys, like, they're number one overall picks for a reason. Like, you put them in positions to succeed, not with third and fourth liners or, like, no power play time. Like, you have to play to their strengths, and mm-hmm. then they kind of learn. That's what, like, for example, with Caulfield. Yeah, with Ducharme, he was playing on the first line for like five games, was not producing, and they immediately threw him on the third and fourth line, and second power play unit or no power play unit. Then you destroy his confidence, and then with Saint Louis, he's right beside Suzuki, he gets first power play. Now he has thirty points in thirty games since Saint Louis has been there. So it's all about playing these guys in positions to succeed because they made the NHL on these strengths, and you have to use them. What a concept, eh? What a concept. I know. My like, God, we should be in the NHL coaching because a lot of them, we're probably better than half of them at least. And I want to touch on something quickly. I know it doesn't really matter, but Abruzzese for the Leafs and Matthew Nyes for the Leafs. Matthew Nyes denied uh, signing with the Leafs. I think that's the smartest decision for both sides because Abruzzese not even playing. He's scratched. He's on the fourth line. What the hell is the point of even signing this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think he's good? Yeah. Do I think he's a first-line player? No throw him there like who cares like switch around someone on Tavares's line because they've been a carousel all year with finding someone who's going to fit on that line at least try try and put him there they're not doing that and then Nye's going back to college which is really smart he's going to dominate there next year and then hopefully come back in the league and be a top six forward because that's what he's projected to be uh none of this fourth line nonsense for these guys coming up who are projected to be high for organization, but that's just a little thing for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, Colorado have won a franchise record 53 wins. Do not do this all for nothing, Colorado, please. 
we want to see you succeed. Like there's one of those teams in the league where we want them to succeed is the Colorado Avalanche. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're absolutely in they're cup and bust mode. Yeah, they're they're in cup and bust mode. Like the thing with them too is like they've been destroying teams. Like they destroyed Carolina the other night. They don't have Kadri. They don't have Landeskog. Like Bo Byram just came back. Like I think Sam Gerrard just came back or like was hasn't been out for a while. Like they've been like banged up and they just still blow out teams. Like their depth is insane. Like with McKinnon, Ranton, and obviously. His Landis Cogs out. Then you have like Valerie Nachushkin's been like unreal for them. Obviously, Kadri all year. New Hook's been pretty good. Um, obviously, they traded for Lekkinen. He's been solid. And then obviously, you have Makar on the back end, Devontae's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pickup of Josh Manson helped bring like a physical element to the back end. So they're just like, they're too good. They have to win the <laughs> cup this year. Like, it's not even like I'm projecting them, they have to. Because after this season, Kadri is going to be gone 100%. They're not bringing him back. Kemper's a free agent. He's been unreal the last two months or so. And his contract went from like maybe $5 million <laughs> to, to potentially six and a half to seven. So they, they're going to run out of cap space. Then like Lekkonen's an RFA. I don't know who else they would have to sign. But And then one more year of McKinnon on that $6 million. So they have to win the cup this year, I, I would think. Like if they don't win, it's a it's a colossal failure. Yeah, I mean, get to the finals, I'd say for sure. Yeah. If, yeah. if they struggle their way to it, it'll be like a thing be okay. Like, you know what? I wasn't really expecting that because like you said, Joe, they're blowing out teams. Like it's not even funny. Like it's yeah, they're really it's, good. It's bad, yeah. And then <laughs> their counterpart in the East, uh, the team they played in the Stanley Cup finals the last time. This team won a playoff series, which was the Florida mm-hmm. Panthers. They've won 10 straight games. Um, like these two teams, it might be one of those years where I don't think it happens for Colorado, but I think Florida, like the team they're going to have to be playing in the wild card is pretty good. Like, come, like if they lose, I, I won't be shocked, to be honest. Like, it's too hard in the East. It is like the East is just so much significantly better. Like, like we knew the eight teams that were going like by February, like, okay, these are the eight for like two months, basically before the season even was close to over, like before the trade deadline, everything like the West right now is still like a dog fight. Like the two wildcard spots are still up for grabs. Even third spot in the Pacific is still up for grabs in the East. It was like, okay, if these eight teams are hundred percent making it and then the rest see it later. So it's going to be tough because they're probably going to have to play Washington potentially, right? Washington or Boston, those two. Yeah. Or Tampa if they drop off. (laughs) Yeah. Or Tampa. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be fun for them. (laughs) That's not fun. Um, That's two. That's I think three teams who could Ovi, Marshan, Bergeron, and then you got Tampa. Like, I don't think this is the one of the seasons where you want to have those good years because if you ultimately lose to failure because you were so much better in the regular season, but yeah, it's going to be crazy in the East. Um, placement is TBD for most of the clubs. Um, you know, Pittsburgh has kind of fallen off a bit. Carolina's fallen off just a little bit, uh, but I think it'll be fine. They're in the playoffs. It doesn't matter because the Islanders officially got eliminated last night from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so yeah, they're out. There's no one that could come in from the East, but on the West side, it's, Oof, Vegas, Dallas, Nashville, Winnipeg has an outside shot. I don't think they're going to do it. Vancouver has an outside shot. I don't see them doing it. 
but like we just mentioned with Florida Panthers getting upset, Colorado, Vegas, round one, that's the nightmare for Colorado. 100% after last year's round two debacle, because they were so badly, like, just out, like, muscled. Like, I remember, like, the reason why they basically lost is because that pairing of, like, Gerard and, like, I forget his deep partner, might have been, um, he's not with Brian Graves. Like, that pairing, I think, just got eaten alive. And, like, that's why they went to go and get, like, Josh Manson to help add some size. Because Vegas is a big team. Like, even though, like, they lost Tuck, who's big. Eichel's still a pretty big guy. Like, they're a big, heavy team, Vegas. And they just, in the defensive end, like, that was the the difference. Was, like, they just outbodied them in front of the net. Like, a lot of tapping goals, tip-ins, and all that. We'll see you down this two-week stretch if the Vegas Golden Knights can actually do it. So, um, it'll be pretty funny if they actually miss because we went through it all year with our group chats, even on the pod, saying if they missed, that'd be pretty funny. But um, injuries have been a critical thing, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, resting guys. If this is the time you want to rest guys, do it now um, because Yari, week to week, Freddie Anderson doesn't look good. Linus Allmark, injured. Those are three playoff teams that need those goalies to help their team. I know you have Swayman, but Allmark's going to be a heavy part if Swayman goes down or doesn't play good, right? Like, Yari, you have DeSmith. I don't think you trust DeSmith and Freddie Anderson. You do not trust Anti-Ranta this year. I know you really got him as backup, but oof. Oh, yeah. He is not good anymore. Like, he's just, like, washed up. Like, he can't stay healthy either. Or, like, he just – like, a few years ago, he was good with Arizona. Somehow, him and Kemper were, like, unbelievable. <laughs> and then Ranty just kind of fell off a cliff. But, like you said, like, these three teams need this goals, especially someone like Carolina, who's trying – who's basically been in, like, this kind of – it's kind of like Colorado, but not really, where they've been, like – made the playoffs four straight years, really great regular seasons, but then kind of lose out in like the second round. Yeah. So like they're, they're also like under pressure to perform this year too. Uh, they're They're probably going to lose Trocheck in the off season. Pro- I don't know what other guys they might lose, but like some, I think like Shveshnikov's contract kicks in or something. So I think they got to win now soon. And then they only signed Freddie Anderson for two years. And they, I don't know who else they would have in the pipeline. Because they traded Djokovic. So, yeah, Carolina is another bubble team that has to have, like, a solid run as well for them for their season to be considered a success. Yeah, they're a good team. Just they run into the wrong opponent every time. Boston yes. two years in a row. Tampa last year. Like, those are better teams at the time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's weird. Like, all these three of these teams I just mentioned are going to need goaltending because that's, quote, unquote, their weak point in the lineup, I would say. Like, Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, that's their weak point. If you want to call it that, Carolina, that's their weak point because our our boy Freddie, man, in the playoffs, he's a different animal. Um, but I, I don't know if he'll even be healthy for that. I'm sure he will be, but it's scary knowing your goalie's injured going into the playoffs because then if he plays bad, you know he's playing injured, right? Like you, yeah. as a fan, you just know. And then Drew Doughty's done for the year. So if the LA Kings make the playoffs, they're going to need a lot of other defensemen to step up. And they have been, to be honest, this year. Um, a lot of great years for the LA King players. But Drew Doughty was having himself a pretty good year as well. And he's out for the year. So that's tough to see. Yeah, like LA's just barely hanging on to that third wild card spot or that third spot in the uh, Pacific, holding yeah. off Vegas for now. And like if Vegas were to make the playoffs, it would literally just be because LA just couldn't hold on anymore <laughs> with all the injuries. 
which is not much of an accomplishment, but hey, like they got there. And then <laughs> essentially if Vegas leapfrogs into third, they would be playing Edmonton in the first round. So it's two versus three in the Pacific. So that would be a fun matchup too. Yeah. And then uh, Dylan Lark is done for the year. That was announced today. No need to play him injured. You're out. Uh, I know you have a good season with Dylan Lark and he's really, you know, chemistry with the younger guys on the team, leader on that team, but it was the right move probably. Uh, yeah. And then a fine, embarrassing fine. Uh, like Mitch Marner said on his interview with uh, Sean McKenzie, I hope Marzell gets fine. I don't know if anyone saw it, but he was holding Mitch Marner when Mitch Marner was going on a four check, hold him on uh, the bench. It is a fine because uh, you can't interfere with someone who on the ice when you're on the bench, but you actually got fined, really. <laughs> it, yeah, like he's more so like, okay, like obviously like you you knew like they're friends, like you could yeah. see like after, like it's not like Marner was like pissed, like he was yeah. kind of just like standing there himself. It's like, it was just so stupid. Like, but then like, guys get away with so much other bs and get nothing like i know a fine does nothing but like the fact that you had to acknowledge that it's like yeah what did that really do yeah, like did it exactly. harm him like no like i don't get it league's a joke and then i didn't see this but you could mention it. I, I i didn't see the video like i didn't um which oh the Pizzetta. Pizzetta to get yeah. suspension so yeah that he got a suspension it was pretty bad like <laughs> he, he got him up high he went to go just go finish a check, and I think Oshi kind of just like dumped the puck off and lowered his head, kind of, and he hit him. Like it was definitely suspension. Two games is probably right. Could have honestly given him three, but hmm. he had no prior history, so I guess two was fine. I'll give you a live reaction. It wasn't great. Oh, to that. <laughs> it w- it wasn't okay. Well, this video is in slow motion, so I guess. For me, it wasn't fast, but unnecessary, very unnecessary. Holy shit. And it's yeah, TJ Oshi it with a anomaly of injuries on his head. Oh, yeah. That guy just – you don't want to do anything to him because the guy is so good, and then he always gets hurt. And then, like, a hit like that is just so stupid. You don't need it. Like I said, they could have given him three games, honestly. Like, obviously, you saw the slow down clip. Like, real time, I'm like, okay, that guy's done. <laughs> so – yeah, it's not good. Um, no. but I'm not the person out here to go, oh, I was spending for the no, like that's it's probably two or three games, like not nothing egregious there. But um, I think that's all basically the big news we have with record-wise, fine-wise, catching up wise. I uh, don't know if anything could sneak in there, but we'll move on to the awards because that's what we do at the end of the episode. So we'll move on to the Heart Hat Award, or to the best player in the NHL the past you could play. You go with your first. Yeah, we talked about him at the top of the episode. I got, I had him recently as well, but I have to go with Austin Matthews. So he has 25 points in his last 13 games played. So 13 games is like when we last recorded. Uh, that was kind of like our cutoff there. But it was more so like he went from like 47, 48 goals to 58 in like a week. Like it was like he scored 10 goals in like, what, six games maybe? Like he had that hat trick versus Tampa – then he scored, like, two versus Dallas when he broke five's record. Then he scored, like, another two versus Montreal, like, the other night. Like, it was, like, fuck, kind of, honestly. Like, I'm, we've never seen a center Iceman. Like, I've already said this on the pod. We've never seen a center Iceman score like this just in our lives. Um, like, wingers are obviously OV, but just center Iceman. Like, the way the, the types of ways that he could score is, like, 
it's not like one timers. It's not always sniped. It's like gets lost in the zone snipe or tip ins or like redirects in front or like that. Obviously, that beautiful OT winner versus Dallas. Like he gets scored so many different ways. And he, I think, like I said, last time we recorded a month ago, I said he's going to win the heart. And my view has not changed in the last month on that. Um, so I have him as my heart had award winner for this, not even just this week, but this season. You could probably give it to him for the season. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> um, one thing we didn't mention with Matthews, which is a lot of things because he's been setting a lot of records recently, but he is the first player since Mario Lemieux to score 50 goals in 50 games. Now yes, I don't know if yes, you I don't know if you agree with this, but all the heroes online on Twitter, oh, it doesn't count. He didn't start a season with fifty goals. It's still impressive. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that that is stupid. Like it was actually fifty-one and fifty, which is yeah. even more impressive. So we, I can, yeah, we forgot to mention that that was a massive accomplishment, something we haven't seen in our lifetime since literally Lemieux did it, like you said, in ninety-five, ninety-six, of so what before both of us were even born. Um, I don't care about the fifth, first 50 games. Like he still did it in a 50 game sample size. Yes. He missed his own games because of that suspension, but it doesn't matter. It was, he played 50 games. He scored 51 goals in those games. Uh, there's not much more you could say about that. Like I said, another thing we've never seen before in our life, literally. So mm-hmm. just a, another unbelievable, like a, just an unbelievable season in general, just goal scoring wise. Like obviously the hundred points is nice, but the goals has just been ridiculous this year. Yep. To- totally agree. I've seen it night in, night out from this guy. So we'll see if they kind of rest them down the stretch. I hope it's for like, I would, I think they have seven or six games left. I'd like to see them rest for maybe two or three of them, maybe even half of them. So just, get him ease him into the playoffs if in case he's actually very injured but we'll see what happens uh Maya Hart had a award winner for the last I think it's three weeks since we recorded is Vladimir Tarasenko of the St. Louis Blues he's been unreal 22 points 13 goals since last recording uh like you mentioned with Matthews 25 points in 13 games played I think it's the exact same like Vladimir Tarasenko almost has as many goals and as many points as Matthews does in the last couple games so He's woken up a lot for the Blues. Uh, he's one of those guys where it was a very big wild card coming to the year. If this guy was going to be healthier, we were ever going to see Vladimir Tarasenko Vladimir score at points. And this is one of his best years in a while. Uh, 33 goals, 76 points this year. Pretty impressive. Like, O'Reilly took a bit of a step back this year. Perron, obviously with age, that catches up, but... They've had a guys who have stepped up to the play in Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and obviously this guy, Vladimir Tarasenko, helping the Blues score goals. Um, that's something they've needed for a while. And then getting Buchnevich, a lot of things factor into this, but he's been holding his own for sure this year. Yeah, like he, like you said, like he was really doubted for a few years there. I, ever since they won the Cup in 19, he's only played 34 games over the last two years but before this season. So massive reasons to be kind of concerned. Remember last summer, he wanted requested a trade and thank God that the blues did not trade him because they, like you said, they needed him this year. And if they want to potentially try to go back as the Stanley cup champions, they need him at his top of his game, which he's been over the last 13 games. And you said this was his best career. This is best year in a while. This is actually a career year for him in terms of points with 76 and 69 games. So the best season of his career the most goals he had was 40 
in uh, 15, 16, but that was in 80 games. So he has 33 goals in 69 games. It might be a stretch for him to get seven more goals the rest of this season to hit 40, but regardless, an outstanding year from a guy that we kind of forgot about for a few years as being a guaranteed 30 to 35 goal guy. I I totally agree. Like this guy, I didn't think he was going to get back to it, but he did. Um, So pretty impressive on his part, but go to the unimpressive golden plunger. Flush the toilet for us. You want to go with your squad first? I will because of the tire fire. But to be fair to them, the the reason they're here is just because of the recent stretch. But they they are doing it the right way, and that's the Arizona Coyotes in terms of tanking. Now, you could say whatever you want about tanking, whatever, how it's so bad in professional sports because it's like people are paying money to go to games and, like, all that stuff and whatever. But, like, they're doing it the right way. They kind of did a huge reset. They have a ton of picks in the next, like, two to three drafts. So, obviously, they're expected to be bad. They sold at the deadline. And, like, Clayne Keller got injured. And that that's when their season really kind of fell off. Obviously, it's been bad. But they've really been a disaster the last, like, 15 games. I think in, like, their last eight games or something, they have eight goals for and, like, 45 against. <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Like, they just lost 9-1 to to Calgary and they're up one, nothing after the first period. Um, so that's just been Arizona this year. Like literally right when Keller got injured, like they just literally fell off a cliff, but yeah, like it's not that egregious because they, they need, they're trying to get the first overall pick in Shane, Wright Potentially. So, I mean, all this losing does help them in the long term, but just in the short term, like they, it's just been like ugly, ugly losses. Like yeah. first Calgary, they pulled the goalie, they had the other guy in, and then they put the other guy back in who got pulled in the 30 mm-hmm. led in two or three more goals. So, like you said, Joe, they're doing it the right way, but I guess not the right way because they're getting pummeled. But uh, I guess, like you said, Joe, losses is better in the long run, but in the short term, it's not. Um, so, my team, I had the Hurricanes just for a little bit of it a spill in the last couple of games, but holy shit, I just saw, I stumbled upon this stat on my phone on the score app go to the score app it is the san jose sharks they lost 10 games in a row how the fuck did they lose 10 games they I did that. they lost 10 games in a row holy hell because on the nhl it's very deceiving because nhl like loves to do ot loss one because they don't consider an ot loss the same as an actual loss but the yeah. score said 11 or 10 straight losses for the San Jose Sharks. Um, Holy fuck. And this is in between, I think, the was it a resignation or leave of absence or firing for Doug Wilson? I think he resigned because he's doing he has health issues. So I, I don't know if he's retired, but he's resigned mm-hmm. um, as being with the Sharks. And he was with the Sharks for a long time. Something we didn't even mention in the episode, yeah. but. We've been gone for a few weeks, so we didn't get everything. But yeah, like I, I think ever since this resignation, I think it's been the ten game. To be honest. Yeah, and ironically enough, their ten game losing streak started with losing against the Arizona Coyotes. So that's pretty funny. Um, Beauty. Yeah, they've been really bad recently, and they're the other team. I would say Arizona's doing it the right way in the long term. It's generally not doing a lot of it. Like they're. A 10-game losing streak is not helping when you have a couple of guys making a couple million dollars. And then you have a guy extending next year uh, with Thomas Hurdle <laughs> making money. So 
they're not supposed to be uh, trajectorily. They're not supposed to be losing 10 games in a row with the guys that they have on their team. And they think their team's good. Right. Like, yeah, it's, we roasted them at the trade deadline right before when they extended hurdle, we said you could have got a King's ransom for him because he was arguably, if he was available, he would have been like a top three, if not the first guy like off the trade bait board, in my yeah. opinion, like centerman in his prime, having a solid year has been really solid in San Jose. Um, and they just resigned them because they want to be competitive. Like they have all these eight year contracts and like, these guys are just awful now. Like Burns is like a shell of his former self. Carlson can't stay healthy. Like Vlasic is a pylon. Like I can go on and on. Like James Reimer has been a disaster since he resigned back there. It just doesn't make sense. Like what they're doing. Like they have like Myers been Myers really good. Like he's pretty young. Um, like they have some guys, but like, as a team, they're just like terrible. Like a, just a terribly built team. Yeah, clearly 10 games in a row. Um, yeah. We'll go to what you say with Jason Derulo. Jason is back finally. What you say? Um, I don't have the, I have the full thing, but I'm not going to play the full thing. Um, but there was a video a couple of weeks ago that was found up and dug up from Habs fans, I think. It was Cole Caulfield doing like some, I don't even know what it was, like drama class. I don't know, drama class video or something. And it was, uh, he was a pretty good actor. Not going to lie, he was a pretty good actor. Cole, you're better at scoring goals, man. Yeah, that was a funny vid. Like, just now that you have a clip of the actual, like, comment of the actual, like, what you say, like, it's so funny. You just use it in context. Yeah. Yeah, the guy's an unbelievable Oscar winner. <laughs> Uh, so that's what you say. We'll go into the Battle of the Buds where I I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's a combination of both of us not getting together and doing the pod in the last couple of weeks. And that basically stunts my growth and coming up close to you in the Battle Essentially, of the Buds. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, like I don't have a lot of ground to make up now. And that ground would have been made up if we did. But I was 3-0 and the last week we did it. You were 2-1. and So I guess that's sort of ground, but not really because you lost one and I went three and oh but record 24 and 17 on the year 30 and 11 for you i'll go with my games first my picks flyers at maple leafs tomorrow night i'm taking the leafs abs at kraken uh april 20th i'm taking the abs and then ducks at kings april 23rd i'm taking the kings those are some solid picks there uh for mine i got devils at golden knights tonight that should hopefully be a win for the golden knights with their season <laughs> on the line at home <laughs> You think, right? uh, yeah, you think after they got shut out by Smitty over the weekend, <laughs> terrible effort. Um, then I have the Red Wings at Panthers. The Panthers just dummied them like yesterday, <laughs> like 6 1. Uh, that's April 21st. I have the Panthers winning at home. And then my I always pick an even game, so that my even game is Rangers at Bruins on April 23rd. And I have the Rangers winning on the road. Right, salt picks. I don't have a lot of ground to make up, so I think I don't even know. I wouldn't even win because if we did one next week, yeah, I, I wouldn't win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm done. I lost basically in Battle of the Buds. Um, so it's been a pleasure doing this. It's been a pleasure. I finally get the win. Let's go. And I did choke a little bit near the end. I was like, at one point, I had like two or three losses, and I had like 15 or 18 wins or something. So yeah. Good run, good run, but 
Go to fun. the thing that always comes up, even like a few years ago um, that we did this. Joe Spice Meatball, it's been a long tenure on this podcast. Do you have one for us in the last two weeks of the regular season, Joe? I do. And it's about two teams that we talked about extensively, uh, probably in the middle point of the episode. And that is, you already kind of mentioned it, alluded to it. I had it in the back of my mind just because I looked at this team's winning streak. And that is, are we going to get a 1996 Stanley Cup final rematch between the Avalanche and Panthers this year? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Because the NHL playoffs is the biggest parody in the absolute sports world. 100% Uh, agree. Yeah, we never see the top two teams ever get to the fight, even like past the first round. Like it's hard enough to get past the first round. And now you want both of these teams to do a rematch. I don't think that's the case. History is telling me no. So I'll say no. Will I be surprised if it happened a bit because it's never happened before. Uh, But one side of me, Wiley wants to see because those are two really good teams. Like they match up against each other very nicely and it'd be a very Mm -hmm. good Stanley cup final, but I'll say no for that one. How about you? What do you like? What do you think? I, like I said, I think I think you hit it on the head. Like, there's too much parity in the NHL, especially in the first round. Like, specifically, like, I'm looking at more like Florida. Like, they could easily be on the first round, if, yeah. depending on who they play um, and just how it lines up. Like, the East is a bloodbath. So, there's no guarantees of who's going to come out. Like, obviously, Florida's been the best team in the East all year. Doesn't really translate into playoff success all the time. Not always the best team wins during the regular season, at, at the very least. Usually, the if, if you look at Tampa the last two years, you could probably say, like, even though they didn't win the President's Trophy or whatever, you could say that they were the best team in the league they won mm. the last two years. So yeah. it could happen, but rarely teams who win the President's Trophy, like, it's still not decided. It looks like Colorado might win it. A couple of games left here, but it, it's going to be tough for all these top teams to go because one really good team from the East, at the very least, will be on the first round. So I'm going to say no as well, but it, it would be so sick to see the two best teams in each conference statistically yeah, uh, cool. make the final. If it was NHL 22, sure, because the simulation yeah. is awful. <laughs> yeah. In this case, no, the NHL actually, that, that never happens. But that's a good spicy meatball. I like it. Um, I don't think there's any other spicy meatballs that have ended yet or so we would have done it uh, or so we would have covered it, right? Like, I don't think, I, I maybe a couple of them. Oh, let's go through them quickly. Um, let's see. Well, a couple of them happened, yeah. You've been right on three of them so far, wrong on one. There's still a lot that are undecided. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> hey, I'm right on the Nashville GM will be fired, I guess, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, he's not fired, but, like, he left, so. Let's go, he left. <laughs> I'm, close en- I'm close enough to the fired there. <laughs> oh, Matthew's 50 goals this year. I said no. Wow, the guys can get 60. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's a tough lot. I don't know. There's some in here that are like... Oh, wait, this them... is from... Is this from... This might be from last year, 2021. That's right. Yeah, I'm right. Sorry, that was my bad. Okay. I think some of them are from... Um, like, some of them haven't ended from last year, which was continuing to this year. Yes. Okay, so the national one's correct. What are the ones you have here? No. So in 2021, yeah, there's still a lot that are undecided. Like Montreal in the draft lottery, you said no. Uh, you got right that the NHL will not go to the Olympics, even though we wanted them to go. Right. Peros will re- resign or be fired 
<laughs> that we want him to happen. It can still happen. <laughs> the end of the year is not done yet. Uh, you said Chikrin will not be traded to the East team before March. You got that right. You said no. I said the NHL will cleanse the league of old owners, GM coaches, etc. Yes, you've been kind of right, but like we said, like the Doug Wilson thing, like that doesn't. I don't know if that would count because this was more of a culture issue. And this is also, there's another issue that we could get into maybe next episode about that response about the Kyle beach thing. Right. Where they basically kind of (laughs) pleaded the fifth and like said that nothing was wrong. So that's part of this old culture thing. So for example, Donald fear, who's the PA uh, director there or whatever, he could resign or get fired potentially this season. Who knows? And then you said the Calgary Flames will make the Western Conference Finals minimum. You said yes. Kane or Tate spend their whole careers as Blackhawks. You said Kane, no. Tate, as Tate, Kane leaves. Taves uh, will retire potentially. Austin Matthews went to heart. You said yes. It'll still be decided. Trade deadline will be a snooze mm-hmm. fest. You said yes. That was correct because it was. Atlantic team to the finals. You said yes. And then for the 96 Cup rematch, you said no. Those A lot of these still to be decided probably till like the summertime yeah. June. So yeah, we'll definitely see some of them. Well, whenever the cups lift it right with some of them will get distinguished, I guess you could say. Yeah. All right. I think that's well we didn't cover everything, but I think that's pretty much it. We nailed the we nailed basically most of them that would record wise on the pod. So yeah, I we <laughs> it's a collective decision to you know do these hiatus things, but I think it's safer to do better ones and a week out of uh, other episodes or it's just way too much. And we never cover everything. Like we probably missed a ton of things that we're going to be bashing ourselves for, but man, it is what it is. Yeah. But next week episode, we do have a special announcement at the end of the episode. So stick around for the end of next episode and we'll, we'll tell you guys then, but until then, N10 will be back. Hopefully, hopefully next week. Join us in the next one. Woo!